Hello, everybody. It's Stefan, a.k.a. Stephalophagus, a.k.a. Steph Infection, a.k.a. Steph Up, a.k.a. Steph Up to Stomp the Yard. And I am here. I am happy. I'm a little frustrated, actually. I'm not going to lie. I'm a little frustrated. I got up this morning. It's about 7.48 a.m. And I get up early to get some stuff done for the podcast. I'm getting up, feeding the cats. And then one of my cats, little Belina, she's such a sweet kitty. But she has a little eating disorder. So what she does is she goes when I feed her. And then she eats like somebody else is going to take it. I'm not going to take it. I've never gone in and said, hey, do you mind if I have some? No. She's like Joey on Friends. Belina doesn't share food. So she goes and she eats, she shovels it down her throat and then she vomits it out. That's how I'm feeling today. How are you guys? Good? All right. Some good news though is I have one of my favorite episodes about to be released inside of you, in your ears, and it will flow deep down into your soul. It is so good. It's so funny. Mike Cannon joining me today. He's a comedian. He's a podcaster. He is an actor. If we talk about his movie that he starred in, Timing, you can see it on Amazon Prime. Great movie. Captivating. Hilarious. His stand-up, awesome as well. Spectacular. Sensational. Really good. Really funny. We talk about how he (laughs) is able to paint such vivid pictures with his word brush and I also try to give him compliments and fail utterly we have a good time then we give some advice and it's just overall euphoria for me so I think it's going to be a euphoria for you it's going to be a me for you it's going to be an us for you hope you guys enjoy and if you do enjoy it feel free to reach out say hey Steph Steffi McD really liked the episode Reach out to Mike, support him, watch his special, follow him, DM him. Be like, dude, great episode. I've had some guests like Beth Stelling. She sent me over a couple snapshots of people that DM'd her and said, hey, listen to your episode on ACAP and you did great. And she sent it to me and said, wow, people actually listen to the show. Great. So that's also great validation for them. And it, it helps me get better guests on. So if you guys also have guest ideas, let me know. I'm always open. Always on the prowl. Damn, that was pretty good. But yeah, the, I love the outpouring of support. I've been getting it a lot lately. So thank you guys who've done that already. If you guys haven't, leave a review, subscribe, tell your friends. I also have a link in the show notes for my Patreon. I have a link in the show notes for all the stuff Mike's working on. So follow that. And that is it. I, I went from frustrated to happy because of you guys. You guys put that grin right up my chin. All right. Love you all. And here's the episode. A comedy advice podcast. An advice podcast for death and, and friends. To make exaggerated statements not meant to be taken literally. What was that, Seven? A uh, comedy advice podcast. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of A Comedy Advice Podcast. 
I'm singing because I'm very excited. My name's Stefan Satani, and I'm very excited. Why? Because I have a very special guest with a pretty long intro that I'm about to read. He's a New York City comedian, actor, writer, podcaster, and delightful human being. He's been seen on Comedy Central, True TV, Barstool Sports, MTV, Amazon, and his albums have seen the tippy tippy tops of the iTunes and Billboard charts. He also pers- he prefers a cirque to a sleeve. Everybody, please welcome Mike Cannon. Wow, that was unbelievable. I am cropping that and using it for something. That's exactly how I've always wanted my career to sound. <laughs> I'll send you a clip. I can I can snip off the last part, which sounds kind uh, of ironic given the... <laughs> perfect, dude. And also, you have like a 12-octave range. That was insane. I did not expect your singing voice to hit such levels. I, I did go to college for classical opera, so I... Uh... Did you really? Where'd you go? No, I'm kidding. I oh, didn't. I got I don't so know excited. I... I was like, hell yeah, dude. <laughs> I'm trying to impress you. I, I actually, I did go to school for Italian. So that okay. in itself is like very <laughs> I guess that's a wheelhouse. Yeah. You're, yeah. you're in the operatic sphere. That's like one of the prerequisites. You have to take opera to be able to speak Italian correctly because you got to yes. hit that range. So <laughs> it's fair. But yeah, enough about boring old Italian me. I want to talk a little bit about you. First off, Mike, I wanted to ask, we've been in some trying times here. Uh, sure. How are you doing? Are you doing okay? I'm good. Yeah. You know, there's uh, there's waves. There's there's ups. There's downs. There's uh, there's manic bouts of depression. There's, you know, violent swings and <laughs> and darkness. And uh, but it's great. I'm great. How are you? <laughs> oh, that's. <laughs> I'm so glad you asked. Usually the guests don't ask back, but mm-hmm. I'm I'm about the same. I yeah. deal with some anxiety at some point, so the uncertainty of what's going to happen, and then the calmness of um, just you know being with my wife and enjoying yes. those little moments with our family, me and my cats. It's it's yeah. a great time. So that's the silver know. lining, right? Like every day, you know, I'm so thankful that I like my kid. Because so many people, you know, sometimes they'll look at their kid and it'll just be a daily reminder of all of their shortcomings. And But I look at my kid and I'm like, all is possible. He's the best. He's natural antidepressant. And it's like he's he's been the driving force of even being able to get through this damn thing. Oh, my gosh. Oh, little bundle of opportunity and potential. And exactly. That's great. Yeah. Optimism. Hopefully he'll be the he'll be the John Connor we all need. <laughs> that's amazing i was gonna say too my wife i'm so glad that i like my wife i love her yes. but i also like her and get along with her and mm-hmm. i've heard a lot of stories of how people are getting divorced and all that and yeah. <laughs> thank god we get along okay i've also uh, started watching a shitload of tv that i usually don't like and starting mm-hmm. to get into now like britain's greatest baking show or bake-off or whatever the fuck it's oh called. nice oh so yeah. you're not typically a reality competition guy no, not really. Not really a Bachelor in Paradise guy until now. now oh, I'm really... I love Bachelor in Paradise, dude. <laughs> I am super into that show. I don't even watch Bachelor. I just watch that show because it's like the all-stars of who gives a shit. I don't need their context. And they just embarrass themselves so freely in front of the camera. And it's so wildly scripted in certain parts that it's so fun to watch like idiots attempt to be authentic because <laughs> it's not even it's not even acting like they can't act but they also can't be themselves like that is they're almost like a robot getting water poured on them they're just <laughs> in, in, a, in an attempt to be a human being that is a great analysis of it and i think you're absolutely right it's one of the reasons i liked i, I didn't think i would like it but because of everything you just said 
I can't stop watching it. So yeah, that's all. I know. And I, w- I was watching those. Uh, what were the ones that were if beginning of quarantine feels like 16 years ago, but uh, what was it? The circle was out. That wasn't a dating show, but that was like kind of a reality positioning social media show. That was that got kind of interesting, but then that married at first sight. I was super into that, uh, that oh, too man. hot to handle, which yes. everybody legitimately seemed like they had a lobotomy right before they got put on on that show because they were like staggeringly stupid but beautiful like perfect in every physical measure yeah that one was a real masterpiece i liked (laughs) i loved circle because there were some similar very superficial folks there and then there was that one really nerdy kid that was like i'm just gonna be myself and then Mm -hmm. he sends these messages and he's like circle send and it has smiley (laughs) face and stuff and he ended up getting close to winning i I really liked that guy well him him and the goomba kid that had all the makings had all the makings of being like a sociopath and that Italian guy that comes in and expresses himself (laughs) angrily. That's been on every show, but instead he's this fantastic example of Italian. He's like this (laughs) sensitive guy that reaches out super loyal, very nice to the dork that you were just talking about. Like he's, he was a great dude. Yeah. He was a really good guy. Definitely deserve. Well, spoiler alert, definitely (laughs) deserved the win. But yeah. uh, anyway, I, I also wanted to talk about you because you've been a pretty um, productive poly during quarantine or at least <laughs> very good timing where you had your special Life Begins that came out. Yeah. You had Timing, the, the oh, movie, right, yeah. which was oh, maybe we can just halt and screech right there. That was a fucking great movie, man. You did. Oh, awesome. thanks, dude. I appreciate yeah. it. Thanks so much. I mean, that's one of those things that I I'm lucky that it came out now because i didn't know if and when it ever would you know we shot it over the course of i mean more than four years like we were just trying to fit bits and pieces and get certain things in it was like our boyhood but uh it uh you know it it didn't i i wasn't sure how it was gonna piece together if it would and i was just glad that uh people you know people seem to like it so that's cool oh man it was so good i when I see indie films, I don't know what to expect exactly, but like the, yeah. the first five minutes, I was hooked in. I thought that the the cameras were great, the acting was great. The fr- <laughs> the scene where it shows you in year one, and for people that haven't seen this movie, go see it. it it's on Amazon Prime, and it yeah. goes through. I guess if I was to give a synopsis about you following your ambition of comedy or your character following their ambition of being a, a professional comic. Right. kind of falling in love and then trying to balance the two and then yeah. it shows you like year one two three four and in year one there's this kind of empty crowd and oh i think it was chris crispy uh, chris crespo crespo sorry crespo yes. wow yeah I, yeah i fucked up that name chris chris no no it's, i mean it was pretty close <laughs> and, his, and his hands are a bit crispy and that's a, <laughs> That's that's the joke is you got to see it. But this kid has such a great sense of humor about, you know, whatever that is called. But he's hilarious as a comedian. And in that scene, he like, you know, he really uh, he let himself be showcased. It was pretty great. God, it was it was so good. Yeah, that was hilarious. And there were some also other funny parts. I think most of the cast were comedians. There were you. There was Mike Feeney, who's your co-host yeah. on Irish Goodbye podcast, who was the That's booker, right. 
which yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> which it was perfect perfect for him to play a uh, disingenuous twat. <laughs> <laughs> and I saw Tim Dillon was in it too. Yeah, it was, Tim uh... Tim was so good. So this also like you know this spanned over over time. Like when I didn't feel as good about myself comedically. So there were I think we filmed Tim uh, Tim's part where he's basically telling me to quit comedy and doing it in only the way Tim Dillon knows how to do, which is perfect and concise and cutting <laughs> and makes you question everything about it and even though it was for the movie i like went into a week and a half long tailspin after that where i was like i think i gotta get out i think i think that's it even though that was for the movie it was so spot on to sometimes how i feel i was like maybe maybe he's right (laughs) <laughs> oh my god no he did deliver it really well and then your face when you guys were all having dinner after he had said all that stuff i was just yeah. like damn he's a good actor and now it kind of <laughs> makes sense we're like it hit your core <laughs> yeah sometimes you don't act you just uh get sad when people say truth <laughs> <laughs> So I was going to ask, too, because I heard on another podcast that you had, as it went through you doing stand up on year one, year two, Mm. etc. You had kind of drudged up old material that you were working on in your first year of comedy, second year, etc. What was that like going back on stage and and resurfacing that content or those bits? It it was doubly bizarre because... So not only did it was I so I found like year one real year one notebooks. I mean, I found divorce poetry that I wrote (laughs) while my parents were splitting up and it just wasn't funny. It was like the beginning stages of my comedy and it was mostly just sad, like a a 21 year old boy with no leg to stand on, like just truly, truly embarrassing stuff. But uh, then the early bits, it's like I could kind of now being, you know, doing it for 12 years, I can kind of see. I see what I meant and I could see what I was trying to do. And, yeah. you know, it, it's, uh, it's awful. All of it's so terrible. And, and, uh, but at the same time, it's a little bit affirming that, you know, there's a, a markable change to, you know, to what, how I used to approach things and how I currently do. But I was performing at the place where I also started. So at the village lantern and I hadn't been there in, in a while, Dang. you know, it, I, I, I've maybe done maybe two sets there in the last five years or something. So uh, while we were filming that, that was my first time in that room since the real early parts of my, uh, of standup. And it like everything felt super like PTSD. Almost Charlie was in the bushes. I felt great. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. That's hilarious. And then I was going to ask, cause I think on year four, some of the material I heard that material in life begins. Was that Mm -hmm. material that was older as well that you found? And then you were like, Oh, this has legs. And I shaped this into something or was it the other way around? I forget what we used because I think so sometimes what happens and I, I, I like punchlines that I wrote for my first set that were, you know, they were the one thing that was good about it. I actually put in my special, like I, if it stacks and makes sense with a topic that I'm currently talking about, I'll mm-hmm. kind of be like, oh, that's right. You know, I, I had this thing and I'll jimmy it in there. That the bit that I talk about potato gunning the tampon, that was a joke I told, I, I told my girlfriend in, when I was a senior in high school. We were talking about this girl. We were making fun of her friend. That is terrible. But we were making fun of her friend who was a junior that didn't get her period yet. So I was joking that it was so backed up. It was eventually going to potato gun out of her vagina. 
and I used to do the noise for her. The like I used to just do that noise for her all the time, and it it would crush with her. And then I put it in a bit when I was fucking thirty four years old. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. And that was yeah, one weird. of my I I wouldn't imagine myself saying one of my favorite jokes on a comedy set <laughs> is a potato gun tampon <laughs> releasing from a vagina but th- with the sound effect and everything i was cracking up i was just sitting here on my computer watching it and i was oh, cracking thanks, up at that yeah and i mean all the way oh go ahead sorry no no i i, I think i just choked on my own spit no <laughs> it happens to the best of us um, i was just gonna say though the whole thing the special was amazing i know that you talked about your new kid and marriage and even going overseas and telling jokes for the troops yeah. i also the whole structure and the format of it where i think you and your opener brendan sagalo walk mm-hmm. in and you kind of give him the story of how you yeah i got <laughs> passed you... into the cellar i was just gonna ask is that true it is. Yeah. I mean, you know, obviously I'm being an asshole in the beginning of it. I love when people are like, are like, wow, you stink at acting, dude, that opening. And I'm like, I'm intentionally bloviated. <laughs> I'm intentionally being an ass. Yeah. It, it's so it's so funny, but it, whatever. It, the uh, That <laughs> happened, obviously, but Colin didn't request me like Colin had a heart attack. He had no idea. Right. You know, right. we had met a, a handful of times before then. And it right. just so happened that he suffered a heart attack. I was at the cellar. I was given the opportunity by the manager and I had a really great set. And then the set had to get sent to Esty, the famed booker of the cellar. And mm-hmm. then after that, it still took like a month and a half, two months for me to audition. <laughs> and then I auditioned on a Friday, a five minute set, you know, on a, yeah. on a show following killers and was lucky enough to get passed. Fuck, man. I mean, I know you made fun of it a lot and and maybe embellished a little bit with obviously Colin not requesting you with a heart attack, (laughs) but I loved how you did it and like poked fun a little bit about yourself and and had others like you had Robert Kelly, Jim Norton, Rich Voss all being interviewed to quote, talk about how great you are. And they're like, what? He fucking stinks. And and just (laughs) going on like... And those guys, I don't know if you're a tough crowd fan, but, you know, the fact yeah. that I could get Keith, you know, Voss, Jim Norton, Bobby Kelly and Colin Quinn on my on my special to me, that was that was almost for me. Like, I, I, I'm glad people liked it. But the simple fact that I could make that project happen, that's like the fanboy in me that, you know, got me yeah. into comedy in the first place. The fact that I could get all of these vicious dudes to do the, you know, to do what they do best, which is be vicious, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, that yeah. that was an honor to me. I love, you know, too much of comedy, in my opinion, is like right now is is cool. There's a lot of cool comedians and uh, it. I don't find myself cool and I don't find comedy all that cool. I think it's <laughs> I think as Colin Quinn said, uh, cool is the antithesis of comedy. It, uh, and so I like the whole thing being comedy. I like them trashing me. And so it's a tongue in cheek, you know, documentary about me getting into the cellar. Like everybody has done a cellar project. So the fact that I could do that while shitting on me and making fun of the whole process, that's, that's the best. That was really cool. And it was awesome to see that too. I, not growing up, but I I guess when I was in my teens, I would watch or listen to the Opie and Anthony show and tough crowd and all that stuff. So seeing them all together, trashing somebody i feel like it is such an honor and i would i'm a sensitive boy i would hate to be roasted by just anybody but by them 
I feel like that would be awesome. So, oh yeah, I've done one-on-one roast battles with my friends that hurt my feelings. <laughs> I'm like friends with them, and I'm friendly with all of those guys. But I more, you know, I I look up to them. Also, they're legitimately some of my comedy heroes. So that to have them to have me be the focus point, I'm such a narcissist that no matter how they're talking about me is such an honor. <laughs> so even that they're saying I suck, I'm just like they're thinking about me. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about it the same way. So we're on the same yeah. wave like there. Good. I was going to I was going to ask about your comedy too cuz the comedy throughout the whole thing was just on point laugh after laugh after laugh. Oh, thanks. I heard you say on I think it was Joe List Mindful Metal Jacket that mm-hmm. you like to embody the the evil or like the asshole person so the crowd doesn't have to, which I sure. think is is really great because and smart because sometimes comedians might be like, Oh, you know how we all think this or we all do <laughs> yeah. this. And you're just like, you know, I, I'm going to have a baby, or I was going to have a baby. And I was thinking, can we have a practice baby to like kill before we get the real one? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it, but you're right. Right. Like some people might have that thought or at least, you yes. know, entertain that passing evil and it's our job i think as a, as you know this is so hoity-toity but as a comic it's like yeah that's a fleeting thought for a reason you want to get rid of that if you're a real functioning person that has you know actual <laughs> responsibility i me my whole job is to kind of showcase those weird those weird fleeting thoughts and then be like you know you could laugh at the guy experiencing it instead of having to own up for it yourself you know, and yeah. hopefully you identify with it. If not, at least I'm a cautionary tale. <laughs> yeah, I, I love that. Because then the people sometimes if if you they feel like they're being roped in, they're like, oh, wait a second. Wait a second. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to feel that way. That thought has been fleeting for me and I'm done. But if you're like, oh, they thought it and they're admitting it. Okay, maybe I thought of that before, or I'm laughing at that thought. It's right. I, I feel like it's uh, a nice pathway to laughter. And I also, I just want to laud you on the images that you have etched into my mind for (laughs) some of your jokes. I feel like you, out of all the comics, I've had a lot of comics on here and I've listened to a lot of comics, and I feel like your vocabulary is very on point when you're talking about things, whether it's been on, on podcasts that I've heard you on or um life begins or whatever i feel mm. like you say the right words at the right time it's it's maybe not the most expansive vocabulary that's not a compliment that's okay <laughs> sorry <we're... laughs> no you're right but you're right it's 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 easy it's it's not like super not educated. I mean, it is educated, but it's yeah. not like too highfalutin where I'm losing people. I'm not Dennis Millering the audience. Instead, yes. I'm I'm trying to paint a picture with colorful language and alliteration. I mean, I'm a huge alliteration guy, and I think that actually helps slam punchlines really well. So yes. I, I the way I, you know, and I grew up in kind of a musical family, so it's almost the way I talk is very image conscious. I'm trying my best to make you see something because in my opinion, me as a person, I'm not that interesting to look at. So I have to paint a really good picture with my words. So people are seeing beyond me. Yeah, I see. I see. Thank you for helping me finish my own compliment. I appreciate that. Because <laughs> I was going off the rails there for a second. but That's hilarious. I, yeah, you just keep green lighting yourself until it's an insult. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
I was gonna ask. I mean, for the I, I know you were talking about Cirque versus Sleeve in one of your bits, mm-hmm. and I mean, just Cirque versus Sleeve. That there's funny in that, and then you're talking <laughs> about how a non-circumcised dick looks like. Uh, what was it like? Uh, it's giving head... birth to itself. Yeah, it's giving birth yeah. to itself, or it's Ted Burton fever dream. Um, That's the only. And... So that birth to itself. That was the only line that started that joke. Like, so I I just said that in conversation with somebody, and I wrote it down, and then I just started talking about the uncircumcised penises that I've seen in my life, and that became that bit. So oh. they, it just it literally just started with that one stupid image of of me laughing that like the dickhead of an, of an uncircumcised dick <laughs> when it comes out, it looks like, you know, Jim Carrey and Ace Ventura too coming out of the back of a rhino. It's it's hilarious. It's, it, you know, it just makes me laugh. And so many people, I mean, that joke in particular, the fanatics for circumcision are like truly scary, frightening people. And I totally understand the argument for it. I'm you know, I get it to each their own. Totally get it. But right. I mean, those people are like legitimately crazy online and very, um, very aggressive. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes. Like you yes. think I can paint a picture. They paint some real fucking <laughs> trauma, trauma porn shit about your pure baby that they always call it pure. Ba- he's a pure baby. It's like, stop talking about him like he's coke. Oh, God. Yeah. Like some dull orange juice. Pure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not uh, from concentrate. Got some baby pulp. <laughs> oh, <gross>. <laughs> <laughs> oh i just imagined all the clippings in an orange yes juice. Oh, beautiful <laughs> again painting the picture that's right. beautiful <laughs> um i was gonna say there was one more that was just really spot on oh talking about after you have four beers nowadays your dick looks like a shoestring with the plastic part <laughs> falling Remote, off yeah tor- <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was like that was another one that was the only line that started that whole chunk oh my god it was so specific yet so spot on it just cracked me up image was instantly in my head and i felt like where are you from uh i'm from here from phoenix arizona Oh, okay okay cool because i was i was curious about that because you know obviously sneakers are sneakers and everybody has them and they go through their sneaker problems but for whatever reason when i was on the road initially that joke didn't work as well like people were too interested in telling me that it was an aglet and they're like that's the name of it and i'm like yeah i I don't care the whole point is the rhythm (laughs) of the sentence because i say a shoestring with with you know whatever i say with the plastic thing at the end and that's what rolls the sentence it's like i can't say a shoestring without an aglet and for those (laughs) of you who don't know an aglet is it's like you you don't get it like you know whatever but that uh that joke was bombing outside of new york and i almost thought like that practice of trying to slam shoestrings through the hole and then grabbing the one strand and trying to jimmy the whole string through i was like is that a new york thing (laughs) (laughs) i was just so dumb and then eventually i got the wording down and people understood what i was saying but you know it was funny how i somehow you know because my joke didn't work i just assumed it had to be (laughs) <laughs> that's New York. That's so funny, and, and it's so interesting how you have to kind of work through that, and then the feedback people give. Oh, it's an aglet. It's like, <laughs> yeah. Jesus. yeah, people are you. really they like you know, and that's fine. They're responding to the material, so I can't be pissed. But um, yeah. a lot of people are are very fact checky about jokes right now. They love uh, telling you why why scientifically or whatever your joke doesn't make sense, and I'm like. 
no, I know. I, I please don't come to me for information. Is that new to you? Like, I hope you're not here <laughs> and hoping to learn. I'm, I'm, I'm truly trying to make jokes. Oh my god, that's awesome. <laughs> Well, I I have to thank you because I had discovered you through YouTube from this Life Begins special, and then oh, nice. I ended up going down rabbit holes. Algorithm, every- baby. Yes. <laughs> and and then I found you on Instagram and and saw all the other stuff you're doing. Um, like <clears throat> was it Frank Rigatone and Frank uh, Rigatone? Yeah, that's been my that's been my baby for this entire quarantine. Me and uh, I just shot. I mean, he's kind of based on some friends of mine, my father-in-law, my father. It's just the guy at the beginning of quarantine that was just begging, you know, that was defying Governor Cuomo and trying to open up his gym. (laughs) (laughs) You know, just in the the middle of March, they were already all those guys that were like that. And it just, to me, it was just... It was a funny and ripe character because you know I have uh, I have some firearms here, so <laughs> it was, it's a it's a shootable script, and I just thought it was so goofy that uh you know had to go through with it. That's hilarious. And then you've got your um the web series pilot for siblings I saw yes came out yeah. as well with it was you and your actual sister, my older sister Jessica. Yeah, yeah. Nice, nice. I have two sisters. My sister Jessica is wildly talented voiceover artist and then my younger sister uh chloe is a audiobook narrator and she's a musician both of them are musicians they're like insanely gifted both of them oh wow that's really cool i i tried to do voice acting but it just it didn't work out but i ended up yeah dude cut a cut a reel dude (laughs) i feel i'll hire you i have nothing to offer but i'll fucking hire you (laughs) if if you ever i'll do it for free for you if you ever okay But, I might uh, ask you to do like daily affirmations or something. Something like you're worth it. <laughs> <laughs> you oh, do God. have a good vocabulary. It's not that smart, but it's it gets there. <laughs> it's not expansive. It <laughs> uh, today's episode is presented by State Bags. State Bags makes beautiful, well-made, inclusively cool products while using the power of business to give back to shift the narrative around social injustice. For every State Bag purchase, State Hand delivers a backpack packed with essential tools for success to an American child in need. But their commitment goes beyond simply a material donation. State Bags has your back, and part of that commitment is making a difference in local kids' lives. To get you ready for your commute or wherever you're traveling next, State is offering my listeners 15% off their next purchase at statebags.com using the code P-O-D. That's 15% off your next purchase using the code P-O-D at statebags.com. State Bags, they have your back. Mike, thank you so much for the... We're going to get into the advice part of the podcast. But before we get into it, I wanted to ask, what have you got going on? Where can people follow you? What would you like to plug? Let it rest. Uh, so uh, social media at I am Mike Cannon, just across the board. So whatever you use, I'm at I am Mike Cannon. Then uh, YouTube, I have my special Life Begins at uh, it's Mike Cannon Comedy on YouTube. I have my special Life Begins. I have my first hour that was uh, an audio album. I have the one shot 1080p uh, just straight through hour of that up on my YouTube as well. So I have both uh, both hours plus clips plus Frank Rigatone, that series. I have a whole series making fun of Ellen <laughs> in the beginning, <laughs> that I did in the beginning of quarantine because I thought it was hilarious that she might be a shape-shifting lizard that you know drinks baby's blood out of a chalice. But, um, <laughs> and then, I, you know, I have siblings. I have all this stuff, you know, pilots from MTV that I did years ago. I have hours and hours of free stuff on my YouTube. So that's mostly what I'm, uh, 
what I'm promoting is is all that stuff. I'm I'm giving it away, and and the numbers really mean stuff to hiring production companies. So if you could just take time subscribe to that, that'd be great. That's awesome, and that'll all be in the show notes. So listeners, you awesome. can just click wherever you want. Show some love to Mike. I, yeah. Mike. Oh, I and timing, like- and timing. Sorry, T- timing on Amazon Prime. And if you don't have have if you're not in the UK or america so if you're in canada uh or wherever just uh, d- yeah, dm me and i'll get you a copy because for whatever reason it's just in the uk and us oh nice okay well yeah. not nice but nice of yeah, you but i'll get you a copy nice. yes yeah. awesome well cool mike thank you so much we're gonna get into the advice portion yeah. of the podcast and before we get into the questions i actually have an inspirational quote to help center us and get us inspired nice. all right before good. i, I already be- told you i already told you i'm answering these dead seriously <laughs> oh fuck okay well perfect good before i was gonna ask too you can be dead serious about this as well i like to ask my guests if they have any inspirational quotes that they they flock to when they're oh. having their down days or they need some inspiration Dude, you know what? I should. I should because I'll, I'll tell you what. One of the most rewarding things about so I played football one year of my life, and it was my senior year of high school. I got I I was actually a really good soccer player and was getting looks as a sophomore to play in college. And then my alcoholic math teaching coach inexplicably benched me my junior year. So in an act of rebellion, I played tackle football the next year, which was ridiculous. <laughs> but one of my favorite parts about the summer workout season was two, three a days that we had was the coach in the morning would gather us up. We'd do this, you know, uh, do all this like footwork and, and uh, what is that called? Jump rope. And then he would read us a motivational quote in the morning. And it was like from great athletes, great, you know, all these people that just really knew what they were talking about. And I retained none of it. <laughs> I wish, I wish I had one thing to tell you right now, but it meant so much to me at the time. It probably motivated me to do great things physically. And now I have absolutely none of it in my brain to give to you. Oh man. First off, I liked the struggle for jump rope. I like the rope with the handles at the end of it. <laughs> yeah, the rope the rope that you jump. <laughs> and then it it that definitely brought me back to where I, I was never I mean, I was definitely a Steven in high school, so no football for me. I was more of a swimmer. But I was gonna say I did have a weights class with the football coach, and he every time he would sit us down and then he'd read an excerpt from mm. some sort of inspirational athlete or maybe mother Teresa. I don't know if she played football yes. in her high school days, but <laughs> something where, where we would reflect on it and I retained absolutely nothing. Nothing. Yeah. You know what? So. I'll give you one. I'll give you one. And this is something that I've been doing lately. And I don't know if it's even recommended, but maybe you can kind of comb through this and see if it's, yeah. it, it's good. So Lil Wayne was really uh, famous nice. for a while at saying best rapper alive. It's all he would say about himself anytime anybody answered and they would compare him to other rappers and he'd be like, no disrespect to them. Best rapper alive. No disrespect. I love what they do. They're fantastic. Best rapper alive. So that's what I've been saying to myself lately, especially within comedy. Like I finally feel relatively secure in my abilities and I think I'm, I'm okay. And I, you know, and I'm, I'm seeing and growth and getting to, but now I'm at this point where I'm like, best rapper alive, dude. I don't get all respect to everybody else, but best rapper alive. None, nothing else phases me. Best rapper alive. That's amazing. Very inspirational. And I hope it's in your Instagram bio as well. So. <laughs> I actually, yo, I, I should now that you say it. 
<laughs> That's amazing. Well, very inspirational. Um, kind of puts my quote to shame. I brought a quote. It's not by a rapper or anyone famous. It's actually by a robot. And the oh. robot's name is Inspirobot. So what, what it does is it uses AI to take some of the wisest words known to man, and then it mashes them together for a beautifully constructed inspirational quote. I'm so, excited. I'll read it, and then we can kind of decipher or find out if it means anything. <clears throat> so this week, Inspirobot says, best rapper alive. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. It says, <clears throat> if you are who you really want to be in the surgery, you must put an end to the surgery. Hmm. I kind of get that. I kind of understand. It's like, if you're already who you are, there's no reason to continue deep diving and trying to change your insides because your insides are going to remain the same as long as you are who you are. Holy shit. Okay. Wow. Usually the guests are stumped for at least 10 or 15 seconds, but Mike Cannon damn. pays to smoke weed before a podcast, bro. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's pretty amazing. I was thinking more figured, no, more literally, where mm. if you are a surgeon and you are where you want to be in the surgery, you fix them. You got to put an end to it. You can't just keep having fun if you're because I know sometimes work can be fun, but you yes. got to move on to the next project. Maybe Mike Cannon, you've got a really cool video that you're going to shoot. You've got this boring ass podcast that you got to do and you don't <laughs> want to get to it. But you're like, you know what? Maybe I could get another follower or two. I'll do oh, it. Yeah. So it's like you put an end to that that video surgery and then you join Steven or Stefan, whatever the fuck his name is, and then for like 30 minutes. <laughs> what are you reading from my Bible? <laughs> or from my I meant journal, but I said Bible. <laughs> my Bible says that. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, <laughs> best rapper alive. Yeah, it's in best rapper alive. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. All right. Well, Mike, I don't know about you, but I feel super inspired right now. I'm ready to go, baby. I'm change. I'm ready to change the world. But like right. Biggie said, like Biggie said, can't change the world until you change yourself. Bam! I wish I could take this mic and just drop it on the floor. Yeah, that dude. Was, fuck. I mean, he said it with like while wheezing heavily. <laughs> he was like, <laughs> "Can't change the world." And I'm wearing Biggie right now. That's actually pretty cool. <sighs> can't change the world until we change ourselves. <laughs> That's can you pretty do uh, no that's pretty good can you do other celebrity impressions no 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 okay. i mean only if it's like on the fly sometimes but mostly they come off like you know wildly insensitive towards their culture <laughs> <laughs> all right fair we can we can go astray yeah. from those that's great <laughs> i i think you just one more one more douse from the compliment shower I feel like mm. you have a very distinct voice. Well, hopefully uh -huh. the compliment shower isn't too hot and it doesn't end up being a... Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's um, really... It's grating. <laughs> it's, super, it's super unique and grating. It's so unique in the way that it's aggravating and just very painful <laughs> in my eardrums. No, but I, I feel like you have a unique voice that is like a voice that you will hear and once you get... Once everybody else recognizes that you're the best rapper alive people might imitate your voice 
Oh, that would be nice. That'd be yeah. that'd be funny if I had spawns. I know it, like Attell had spawns and Mitch Hedberg. That uh, I can't see that happening, but that would be. Uh, I mean, Attell. I've I've watched him two days in a row and started to be like, bah, bah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, it's it's impossible not to. He's so good and it's so fun what he does. Yeah. No, it's really cool. I feel like Mike Feeney too. Although you know what? No, fuck Mike Feeney. He's not on this <laughs> podcast. He's not <laughs> the best. but anyway we'll go into the questions now this first question it was found by our fan trent thank you trent it's from reddit and it says how do i ask if someone stole my money nicely someone stole about 50 dollars or so from my money jar and i have asked everyone in my house but this guy was at my house yesterday and was in my room so i need to ask him if he could have taken it or knows anything at all i have no idea how to word it or ask He's not the only one I'm asking. I don't think this person would steal from me or my family in general. He's been my brother's best friend since elementary. Like, he's another brother. Help, please. Uh, Well, first of all, that guy stole from you. And you should (laughs) just not. I think it's like that that Bronx tale lesson. It's like, so you just got him out of your life for 20 bucks. Granted, it cost you 50, but get him out of your life for 50 bucks. Lock the door whenever he's over your house. Don't let him in your fucking room. He stole from you. Nobody else in your house. Trust your family. That kid can beat it. I fuck. Well, yeah, that was dead serious and great advice. <laughs> fuck, dude. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. I mean, he definitely stole. Who else fucking stole from you? Like, yeah. I don't think your family would. So, well, I don't know your family. Maybe your family well, is a yeah. den of thieves. I don't That's know. That's true. But I feel like so. your brother would be like, yeah, you know, I took it. Fuck you. Like, you know, and that's fine as long as you know. But yeah, it's this kid. If he was in your room, why was he in your room? Get him out. Get him yeah, out. yeah, exactly. Especially if he was your brother's friend. What is he just doing? Yeah. Peeping around in your room. That's a little It's borderline creepy. The so. only time I ever went into my buddy's brother's rooms was when I was having sex with my girlfriend in a high school party. <laughs> and, and, that was, and that was the only room that was open. And I just I wasn't going into his parents' room. So I just took it into his Marilyn Manson brother's room with all fucking green light or what was it? Black light paintings like those 3D faces coming off the wall. <laughs> yes. What a nightmare while you're trying to go down on your 18 year old girlfriend. Oh, my God. Just, yeah, just trying to close your eyes, pretending it it doesn't happen. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and then also, yeah, just banging her on the bed, holding, trying to use your other hand to see if there's any money in any jars. (laughs) Yeah, just just really reaching around for some cash. (laughs) Fuck. All right, yeah, exactly. That's just what people do to people's friends' brothers. So you just got to accept it, move on. You just got fucked, dude. You just got fucked. Fuck. I feel like that could be a segment on the show. You just got fucked, dude. Mm. Yeah, sometimes you just got to take it. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, maybe it's bordering on a little homoerotic, but <laughs> but it's not. Uh, I don't it, it's not. It's just, uh, I guess, maybe a little bit. But it is it's more about just like you got fucked over. Like, yeah, you just got fucked. Right. You just got to take it, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But yeah, the more I say you just got to <laughs> take it, the more it's like, all right, that's <laughs> anal sex. <laughs> you know what? To make it better, I'll just put it in parentheses. You just got fucked, dude. Not anal just, sex. Yeah. yeah, not anal sex. <laughs> just trusting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. This next question, it's found by our fan Julia, found on the internet. It says, how do you best prepare for serious presentations for those who aren't great at public speaking? I don't have the best skills at public speaking. I'm bad at going off script. My heart rate goes above 100 literally every time. So I sweat and jitter. 
Plus, I have a bubble voice like a child little yachty. I have a 10-minute presentation tomorrow that is worth 50% of my grade. Any tips are appreciated. I hope they sent that today. Because <laughs> if, if not, we're late. We're late to their advice. So hope you did well. Congrats, so, congrats or I'm sorry. Or you just got fucked, dude. Yeah, you but, just got fucked, dude. Yeah. Not anal sex. But um, <laughs> yeah, that is so... There are some people with like legitimately crippling stage fright, and I was one of them doing stand up. And it still to this day, like I, I get nervous before sets all the time. Uh, Damn. and it's the only thing that can kind of kill that entirely is preparation. So if you're prepared up the ass, if you know everything and have been faced with every scenario and know which way you would break off if things, you know, start to deteriorate or if your plan changes path, then that makes you less nervous that's obvious that's like you know every quarterback in the nfl you hear them like yeah i'm not nervous because i know the entire playbook better than i know anything about my family <laughs> yeah. like more more thoroughly than i know my kid's birthday i know <laughs> the sixth option on a drop back you know they just yeah. know everything and that's I'm, why they're not nervous yeah i'm more nervous about meeting my family than this game after right. Yeah. So. Or, you know, but some people, if you can't physically stop your body from shaking, you just get a beta blocker. And if you have like one big presentation every year, just take a beta blocker. It literally shuts down those nerves. You're still experiencing it, but you don't have like the physical manifestation of the anxiety. Oh, wait, wait. I was going to ask, what is a beta blocker? I haven't heard of this. Yeah. So it blocks like betas, I, betas, <laughs> beta boys like myself. But, um, <laughs> it's great in a frat house for not yeah. wanting to get touched or i mean i to be perfectly honest i don't know i just took pharmaceuticals when i've had big sets before and uh it worked it shut down my uh my nervous system i think that's what's happening in there <laughs> but uh it, i was nervous i sweat i have heart palpitations and i get physically a little jittery sometimes yeah and i've taken that before and it as was as if i was talking to my man stefan holy shit oh yeah it warms my heart that you got the Stefan and not Steven. Mm-hmm. That's great. Mm-hmm. Well, good. All right. I'll also put a link in the show notes for beta blockers. I'll get an affiliate <laughs> thing set up. So I mean, we'll... I think you need a prescription for sure. Ah, okay. All yeah. right. So US and UK, Canada, DM me and I'll get you a link. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. All right. Well, great advice. We're going to go to the last question. I'm really using my hands a lot for this, but... Mm-hmm. Last question. <clears throat> what should I do when my mother call me during sex? My adoptive mother called me during sex today. I did not answer a phone and continued to ride his dick. What should I do in this situation? That was a female, I assume. Correct. 19-year-old female. So we can't say you just got fucked, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah, you just got <laughs> fucked, lady. <laughs> I don't know if it was anal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Question mark anal? No, I think uh, I think you pick up the phone and you show your mom how happy you are. <laughs> oh, fuck. I mean, all of it. Yeah, parents' entire dream is that their kid is uh, is enjoying their life. And if she hears you actually coming, she's like, wow, you, your father never got me there. <laughs> oh, my God. That's very true. I mean, I think you're right. The parents... They like to see their kids happy. There's no greater joy right. than a big O, a juicy O. 
So a big juicy O. And if you didn't get there, it would be your fault since you were on top. <laughs> That's obviously not true, but super fun to say because people get real upset. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing I'll, I'll post that clip on instagram and people will be like that's not true that's bullshit dude <laughs> Science please, says- cut, please cut it off before i explain myself because just no explanation and if you don't come it's your fault <laughs> <laughs> black that is that is incredible all right well um i think we gave this woman all the lady all the advo- voice all the advice that she needs so we gave her a voice and advice That's so we right. gave her a voice in her relationship with her mother to show her that she's a grown woman who is now experiencing euphoria a, a strong independent orgasmic right. woman yeah that's right that's beautiful all right that's huge well that, that is huge well mike we've reached the very end of the podcast so before we hold our tears back and say goodbye. I wanted to say, first off, thank you so much. This has been an absolute blast. Yeah, of course, man. Thanks for having me. This has been fun. Absolutely. And I wanted to ask you, again, because my listeners, sometimes they don't follow you fucking idiots. Listeners, where can people find you? What have you got going on? What have you got to plug? And uh, uh, so sorry. At I am, yeah, at I am Mike Cannon, social media, Mike Cannon Comedy on YouTube, Timing on Amazon Prime. That's the movie. And then uh, I got some stuff coming out at the end of this year. I'm not allowed to announce. I'm not that big of a part in it, but it should be a fun thing. And, oh. uh, you know, just got stuff cooking all the time. I think I might be filming a new stand up thing in December. I don't know what it's going to be yet, but I'm going to film uh, film a set at a great club, Philly Helium. So if you have any listeners in Philadelphia around December 6th, um, uh, that's going to be a great show. So come out to that. Oh, dude, that's awesome. That's really cool. And then again, yeah. guys, it's going to be in the show notes. There's no fucking excuse for this is where I get really stern with my listeners. Yes. There's a lot of love at the beginning. So I'm sorry. It's like you just came over to a friend's house and daddy's really going down on your friend. Yeah. Hey, so and- going down on it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> wrong wording. Wrong wording. Let me backtrack a little bit. How do you know about my worst day ever? <laughs> <laughs> I was reading your Bible, Mike. I was reading the Bible. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. All right. Well, thank you, everybody. We love you, and we'll talk at you next time. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.